Hey there, Sharon Hornelstrom here. I want to say that you can call me Pajama Grandma, but that is another story for another podcast episode. Today, I am participating in a 30-day challenge to help us identify our marketing and our sales message and get our online sales presence going in a 30-day challenge. And the assignment for this particular day of the challenge is that I have to share my origin story. I have to publish my origin story using a particular format called the Epiphany Bridge. So I'm going to actually really roughly, and I guarantee it's going to be rough, read each of the parts of the Epiphany Bridge and then answer the questions because this will be the worst version that I ever do of my Epiphany Bridge story. And then I will learn how to tell it better and clean it up. And if you're listening to this, you just happen to be at a place where I'm starting to learn some of these, these strategies and learn how to tell a story and learn how to share what's important from my background. Because at 58, I got a whole lot of stories that I could tell people, but a lot of them people probably don't want to hear. So I want to know and learn how to tell stories that make sense to people and that make you understand where it is that I'm coming from. In the last episode, I shared what I stand for and what I stand against. And the story I'm about to tell you explains a lot about why I stand for what I do stand for now and why I stand against the things that I stand against now. Before the events that happened in the story I'm going to tell you, I was a very different person. I was an entirely different person. And I hope that this story helps you to understand a little bit more clearly who I am and why I stand for what I stand for now that I didn't necessarily stand for before. So we begin sharing our origin story or the reason we do what it is that we do. That's the purpose of the story is to help people understand why is it that I help and I help more than just business women. But in this particular podcast, it's about helping women business owners or female entrepreneurs to supersize and grow your businesses. Why do I do that? Well, it comes from this story I'm about to tell you. So the first thing we want to know is what is the backstory? What is my backstory that gives us a vested interest in my journey or your journey? So several years ago, I woke up in the hospital and the first words out of my mouth were, what the fuck? I didn't know what had happened. I had been in a coma and frozen for over a week and I woke, I was woken up from the coma and I had my family all around me and I had no idea what had happened or what was going on. So of course, the life that I was living back then, the first words out of my mouth and my family was actually laying wagers on this were what the fuck. Now, I later discovered and did some studying since I had a lot of time on my hands after this event to find out and understand more what had happened to me. And part of that journey <laughs> helped me to understand that what the fuck is a really bad question to have be your overriding question, your primary question in your life. But at that time in my life, that was my primary question. Every day, day in and day out, I asked myself that question subconsciously hundreds of times. And that is part of what led to my sudden cardiac arrest. I found out when I woke up in the hospital that I had had a sudden cardiac arrest. I had left a city council meeting um, 
had gotten involved with a very, very bad business partner. And that's putting it kindly and as nicely as I can. But this business partner got us involved in a lawsuit. And part of the lawsuit involved having to go to city council meetings. And I had left the city council meeting after we won our case, of course, in court. And I decided that on this particular day, I would cut through the business in question. It was a bar and restaurant going down to my Italian food manufacturing business. Normally, I would walk around a couple of blocks. But for some reason, I just decided I would walk through the business. And it's a good thing I did because a few steps into the door, I collapsed and had a sudden cardiac arrest and died. Well, fortunately for me, I went down right by the men's restroom and the bartender had gone to the bathroom and he came out and almost stepped on me and he realized that I wasn't breathing. So he started CPR, had one of the patrons call 911. And again, fortunately for me, one of the first responders in our small town was actually having an anniversary dinner across the street with his wife and he heard the call and he ran across the street and he helped me too. So I just happened to go down at the right place um, where I could get immediate help and immediate assistance. And I credit that and these heroic individuals and then the policemen that came with the defibrillator so they could jumpstart my heart with actually being able to speak and be here talking to you today. Um, the vast majority of people that have an event like this, um, number one, they're not they're not found in time to not have brain damage or other organ damage. And I was just lucky enough to have been found in time that they could resuscitate me and get oxygen to my brain without having me having experienced any brain or organ damage. And then the, the whole freezing thing, they do that. I guess they, I don't, didn't ever explore much of this because I kind of didn't want to know. It was pretty traumatic. I just, I just didn't want to know. So I guess they freeze your blood so that your organs don't, don't have damage too. So your brain and your heart and your lungs and everything, they freeze everything up so that it, it seems to function better. I guess it takes some pressure off your heart as it's healing or something. So following that, I wasn't allowed to go back to my businesses. At the time this happened, not only did we have the lawsuit going on, I found out that my husband was having a long-term affair and that um, I wasn't going to be able to go back to work for six months because uh, once you have a heart event like that, they don't know what causes it. So you can't drive and you can't do anything. And that triggered some longstanding eye challenges and vision challenges that I've had. And so I ended up having to have eye surgery. So not only did I have heart surgery, I had eye surgery all in a six-month period. So it was a tough year following this event. Fortunately for me, I had set up systems in my business that other people were able to step in and take care of the business for me. So it kept running in my absence. But when this happened, I wasn't just running the Italian food manufacturing business. I was running about six different um, real estate related businesses and they had to go. I knew I couldn't go back to doing what I was doing. Something had to change in my life. Well, a whole lot of things had to change in my life if I was going to um, not be a statistic and end up you know, dead in the next three to six years. The statistics, the statistics of people um, not living beyond six years following a cardiac event, unless they make massive lifestyle changes, are really, really grim. And I didn't want to be one of those statistics. So I knew that I was going to have to make massive lifestyle changes in both my life, my everyday life, because I had been running through my life, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, running all these businesses, being stressed out, 
being married to somebody that was very controlling, which if you know me, it's kind of hard to believe that I was ever married to somebody that was a control freak, but I was. Um, but the next section of this then asks, you know, what are your desires? What is it that you want to accomplish? Well, at the time, I just wanted to find a way to make a living, letting go of those businesses, getting divorced, um, and a way that I could provide for myself and my, my kids, my family. Um, internally, I was struggling with dealing with all of the turmoil and all the trauma that had happened from this, this event, as well as relationship falling apart and letting go of businesses and just trying to get a, a handle on my self-worth and knowing that I, I wasn't a failure just because I had a failed marriage. I wasn't a failure just because I had picked a really bad, well, and I didn't pick him, but I got involved with a really bad business partner um, and things like that. I really needed to deal with knowing that, you know, we're still good, amazing human beings, but we are human beings. We make mistakes. We make bad choices. And that doesn't mean we're bad human beings. It just means we didn't pick the right person to partner with. We didn't pick the right person to marry. Um, and so I began making a lot of those changes. Once I could work again, I knew I needed to do something different. I wanted to do something different. And so I started getting interested in online things. I'd always been in traditional corporate America. I'd been 25 years of corporate um, in quality, primarily quality. I actually have an engineering degree, but I loved quality engineering. And so I moved into quality for my first corporate job. And I kind of stayed in quality for the rest of my corporate career, 25 years plus. And I loved that field. But corporate America, I had businesses on the side, too. And corporate America, I love the access to resources, but the confinement and the rules and the, and the guidelines and the way things had to be done just be, for political reasons, because corporations are as political as politics are, um, really got to me and they made it tough for me to want to, to stay there and succeed. So as I had this health event, it opened up the possibility for me to explore other options, other type industries and things that I hadn't really done before. I really had never done anything much online. And so it gave me the chance to start looking into and learning about those things. And I guess my epiphany was that there are so many things possible besides what I had been exposed to. My mind and the was opened up to throughout my study after this event, because I spent that whole year since I couldn't drive and couldn't go back to work, pretty much that year, I spent trying to figure out what happened to me, exploring, you know, spirituality, death experiences, because I had a death experience and what that means and why I felt so different about everything than before this event had happened, because I felt totally different about a lot of things. Before the accident, it wasn't an accident. Before I dropped dead, I ran through my entire life. All I did was work. Um, I mean, and I spent some time with my kids because I adore my children, but mostly it was work, 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 run, 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 run. And I did not take care of myself at all. Physically, I didn't eat right. I never exercised. I didn't get enough sleep. I was super stressed out all the time. I just all in all put myself last when it came to anything. I was my lowest priority. And I knew that that had to change. 
So I planned to figure out how I could create an online business where I could do what I want, when I want, where I want, with whomever I want, because that was the mass appeal of having an online remote internet-based business. And so I, my plan was to figure out how to do that. Well, I came across an organization called ClickFunnels, and I decided I would become a certified partner for ClickFunnels. And I did that in three months. I got my certification and started to put in place all of the things that I knew. Now, this happened right after my divorce was final. And as part of that divorce, I needed to disposition my Italian food manufacturing business. So that meant I didn't have a source of income anymore. And my plan was to replace my Italian food manufacturing income with my online business income. But the conflict that arose out of that was that like so many other people, I got trapped in this learning loop of thinking that I wasn't ready to launch things because I and do things and make money because I had to learn one more thing, one more thing. And every shiny object that came by, every distraction, everything that Russell Brunson sells because it sells because the man is a genius would I would jump into it and I would be distracted. So instead of working on my own projects and my own things to move my business ahead, I was learning and learning and learning and learning and applying little bits of, but never feeling like I was ready to launch what I needed to launch to be successful. So I'd launch little things and do little things and have a little bit of success, but I wasn't having this success that I knew I was capable of having. I overcame that by getting a coach and working with a coach and learning that, and I always knew this, what I choose to do and how I build my business is entirely up to me. And I have to always make my decisions based on what feels right to me. So I was able to overcome that learning loop thing and to start saying no to things that didn't make sense, that weren't on the direct path of me achieving what it was that I wanted to achieve for my online business. If it wasn't going to help me with my coaching students, if it wasn't going to help me with my group coaching program, if it wasn't going to help me with my course, if it wasn't going to help me to actually implement something that I was working on to move my business ahead, I learned to say no to it. And that made it possible for me to actually replace my Italian food manufacturing income and build a business that I love that I can work and do in my pajamas. Since then, I one of the biggest hurdles I had to overcome was my fear of, of, of actually being myself, my fear of standing up and being seen and being who I really am. And I know that's a, a common fear for many people. And don't get me wrong, I'm still afraid to be myself sharing this stuff is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done because it's very personal and it, it, I feel like it exposes me, but it doesn't expose me because most people, not most people, but my family and the people that I love and care about the most know about all these things anyway. So everybody else, I love you, but you don't matter what you think of me. It doesn't matter anymore. And it used to matter a lot to me. I used to make all of my decisions and all of my choices based on what I thought other people thought I should do or what I thought was best, but it wasn't me thinking it, it was other people thinking it. And so it's so much more fun to know that I can just be me and attract the people that are attracted to me and work with them and all the rest of them, somebody else is the right person for them to work with.
So that is my story. That was a very rough version of my story. Very convoluted. There's a whole lot more to it, obviously, and a whole lot of, of extra stuff thrown in there. But it was a great opportunity for me to practice telling my story. And all of this cultivated in um, why I chose to create a women's blog and a blog for women business owners versus everyone. And I will share that story on another day, hopefully in a much more eloquent way. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic day. Pajama Grandma, Sharon Hornelstrom, out.